coming up on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, it's MLK Day, so we gotta discuss a little Kurt Flood and how he was able to change the game for black athletes, and then we look at some of the best players from the Negro Leagues that never made it to Major League Baseball either. Discussing all that with Sully Baseball in today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, it is Monday. It's Dr. King's Day and happy Dr. King's Day to everybody. And let's celebrate a little bit of who he was and who he stood for and what he stood for on this crossover episode of Locked On Diamondbacks and Locked On MLB. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to a Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover on today, the 16th day of January, 2023. This is the podcast we talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, look at my lower third. Why would that lie to you? You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for over a decade now. And some of you may recognize me from some of my HBO sports appearances and other things like that. And this is now my fifth, fifth, one, two, three, four, five, fifth year. As is that true? Holy cats! <laughs> the at the Locked Up Podcast Network. Wow, this is the, my yeah my fifth season. Uh, the the Nationals won, the Dodgers won, Braves won. Yeah, this is the beginning of my fifth year. Wow. Anyway. Uh, once a week, I do a crossover with this guy over here who is in Azarona. Uh, tell people your name. I can't forgot it. Yeah, it's Miller Thomas, in case oh, you all Miller forgot Thomas. out there. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember me from anything like HBO, like Sully Baseball, like that. I used to do weather for Arizona PBS through Cronkite News for like a semester. So maybe you guys know me from being the weatherman out here in Arizona. If you guys watch local news. But hey, you can follow me on Twitter at the same time, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Look up the show account, Lockdown Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And please hit subscribe on the Lockdown Dimebacks YouTube channel. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you haven't been nominated for an Emmy yet. You haven't no. appeared on HBO yet. But you're also, what, you're nine. How old are you? I'm you're 25. Like, so definitely 25. Not nine. Okay. I am t- literally twice your age. Okay. But yeah, we're still going through a quarter life. I'm still going through a quarter life crisis over here. So. I know. But, like, when people say literally, uh, that's uh, most of the time they use it incorrectly. I mm-hmm. am literally twice your age. You're 25. I'm 50. Okay. But you're also twice as good looking, Sully. So that's hmm. true. That's true. And may you still have your hair at age 50. I'm praying. I love my hair. So. I know. I like your hair too, man. By the way, a couple of things we want to mark about today, which is the 16th, which was uh, Dr. King Day, of course. Um, today right. is, is Albert Pujols' birthday. Happy birthday, Albert Pujols. Uh, now retired, uh, absolute first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the great, you know. Uh, are there suspicions and clouds about him? Yeah, probably, as with every single slugger for his era. And he stood heads and shoulders above most of the players of his era and did so with a sense of flair and dramatic. He should be in the Hall of – if there's a Hall of Fame of Hall of Fames, Albert Pujols belongs in the Hall of Fame. Uh, one of the great figures of the uh, 2000s. Um, and when they put together his plaque – to put up there in five years or you know whenever he's elected 
there will be two things that everyone will say. He deserves it. What a great Cardinal legend. And, oh, I totally forgot he played for the Dodgers for a little bit. Because when the Angels finally ate his contract, he finished the 2021 season with the with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he'll be yet another Hall of Famer who people will look at their plaque and go, when did they play for the Dodgers? I'm looking at you, Juan Marichal, Frank Robinson, Ricky Henderson, Jim Tomei, Greg Ooh. Maddox, eventually Max Scherzer, and Albert Pujols will have the all the have the when the hell were they on the Dodgers? Can even throw like a Manny Machado on that list too. I think. Oh yeah, like, yeah, Manny Machado. If he makes <laughs> yeah. it to the Hall, there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of wait. He was the Dodgers. Right, he was with the Dodgers for about a second and a half. Dodgers have a bunch of those people just passing through. Just we're just passing through. But uh, happy birthday to Pujols, and um, and this is actually um, you know it's Dr. King Day, and there's a lot of people will be posting lots of quotes and lots of uh, uh, you know things that he said, things we can learn from the time, and. I just want to bring up another person who fought for um, the rights of players and also had to fight for a lot of uh, a lot of the strife at his time, fought through a lot of racial strife and was very brave and standing up for what he believed in, even though the consequences didn't turn out well. That's a sign of real bravery, in my opinion. This is the anniversary of Kurt Flood not uh, not joining the Philadelphia Phillies. It happened 53 years ago. For those of you who don't know who Kurt Flood was, uh, Miller, do you know who Kurt Flood is? I'm not too fami- familiar, Sully, to be That's honest. fine. That's fine. Sometimes you got to you – know, baseball, the history of baseball is never dead. Baseball mm-hmm. exists in the past, present, and future at all times. We're always addressing the past. We're always addressing the ghosts, whether it's the ghosts of Babe Ruth hanging over the Red Sox, the the all the titles that the Yankees won over time, the ghosts of whatever team is trying to win their first title since this or chase the record by that. We're always referring to the past in baseball, but we're relating to the present and looking forward to the future. That's why they all wear number 42 on Jackie Robinson Day. You're honoring the past and moving forward, trying to make a better future. That's part of the appeal of the game. You're joining it, as uh, Keith Olbermann said in the uh, the Ken Burns special, it's like you're joining a river in midstream. I'm not trying to bring up anyone political. It was actually a very nice way of putting it. Kurt Flood, who wrote this book called The Way It Is, about, his, uh, about this uh, struggle, was an African-American player of the St. Louis Cardinals, briefly with the Reds, but mainly with the Cardinals. When they went to the World Series left and right in the 60s, he was considered the second best defensive center fielder in baseball, the best being Willie Mays. He was a very good hitter, an outstanding fielder, and was a spark plug of those Cardinals teams. He also was on a team filled with strong personalities and fighters, like Bob Gibson, like uh, Orlando Cepeda, like Lou Brock, and he didn't stand out amongst them. The Cardinals had a reputation after some pushback of being one of the more progressive teams in baseball. They actually did the unthinkable, like making sure all the players can stay at the same hotel, no matter what this color of their skin was. That was revolutionary in the 60s, making sure everyone could eat at the same restaurant again 
revolutionary in the 60s. We take this for granted now, or maybe some people take for granted now. Flood loved playing for the Cardinals. He also was a very good artist. He wanted, he had an art studio, was a painter, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he was traded to the Philadelphia Phillies for Dick Allen and several other players. And the Phillies had the reputation of being one of the worst teams to play for, if you're an African-American. And he said, I've been playing in baseball for 11 years. No, I'm not going to go. At the time, there was no free agency. None. You couldn't just say there, there was, this is another thing you have to wrap your head around. At the time, there was the reserve clause. And at the end of each year, if you couldn't agree to a contract, the team would just renew your contract and you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't negotiate with the other team. You can only go to another team if you were traded. And Kurt Flood said, no, actually, I'm not going to the Phillies. I have the right to go to any other person if they didn't like their job they would find another employer. And he announced he was a free agent and refused to report to the Phillies. And what came about was a gigantic court fight that went all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States. And Kurt Flood, how do I say this? When he brought up the fact that it was the amendment that banned slavery that made it illegal for him to be bound to a team against his his wishes let's just say the press didn't treat him very well let's just say he was vilified let's just say he, the word uppity was brought about him and another word was put after that, that i'm not going to say and the fact that he fought for his right to play for where he wanted to play made him look like they was this greedy awful person who's going to destroy the game of baseball and his court case didn't win he did not win Ultimately, he was released, played a handful of games with the Senators. But then when he came into the locker room, he saw someone had broken in and put a funeral wreath at his locker as a threat. And he realized if they could bring that flowers in there and no one saw them, someone could easily bring in a gun. And he quit baseball forever. And his career was over. But with that was the seeds planted of the legal fight that would eventually bring free agency, multi-million contracts, and incredible revenues for the players and the owners. And the idea of being with a team forever against the player's wishes became a thing of the past. But it took Kurt Flood to say, no, I'm not going to do that. And every other player, none of the players at the time would support him because they were afraid for their own career. One of the people who did stand up for him, Jackie Robinson, who testified for him and basically said, yeah, you should be able to pick where you work. You and I take that for granted. Sports players take that for granted. They make millions of dollars now. But now they can all bring that back to the fight that Kurt Flood gave back on starting on this day in 1970 when he said, no, I'm not going to the Phillies. I'm going to stay with the Cardinals or pick my own team. So on a day where we talk about rights and we talk about people fighting for their rights, it may not seem like as important a right as several other civil rights that were fought for, but that is the right to work where you want to and, and play where you want to and earn your money where you want to. And Kurt Flood is a man who, in my humble opinion, was worth celebrating.
I don't know. I'm looking for a delicious treat, but won't have all the fat or calories. Do you have any suggestions for me? Yeah, I think you need to try a Built Bar, Sully, because get this. I eat Built Bars almost every day, Sully Baseball. I try to go to gym. I try to be health conscious. But the thing is, I have a sweet tooth. But it's okay because to to satisfy my craving, I get the Built Bar because this thing is low calorie low sugar, but it's high in protein, it's high in fiber, it's great for that post-gym snack, and the best thing about it, it's covered in 100% chocolate, it's soft, it's easy to chew, they have unbelievable flavors like churro. Like what? Like what? Give me some flavors here. I mean, let me tell you, Sully. They got churro, they got peanut butter brownie, they got coconut almond, they got every flavor you can want, and the best thing about Bill Bar is you don't got to go to just the website anymore, Sully Baseball. What? What? Not just built.com. Now, walk into your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club and go pick up a 13-bar box right now with flavors like brownie, batter, cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, all the flavors you can ask for. Go to built.com, go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, pick up a built Bar box, and thank me later. I'm thanking you now. Yeah, and Kurt, he challenged the reserve clause about a year after the assassination of Martin Luther King. So you have to just assume that some of that played into this inspiration for Kurt Flood to challenge the system and eventually break the system that was Major League Baseball at the time and enacted this whole free agency revolution that we now see where players can choose to sign wherever they want. And it's crazy to think that back then you weren't able to do that. You had to. It was basically like in the NFL, they have the franchise tag where – yeah, a player can't leave. You give someone the franchise tag, they have to come back the next season. Baseball basically had a every single season a franchise tag where you could give out to whatever player and they can never leave your franchise. So if it wasn't for Kurt Flood changing the way that we have baseball now and pretty much all sports in general because Kurt Flood, Spencer Hayward at the time as well for basketball challenged the system which brought a, about free agency as well. Like all these guys were connected around the same time during that time in the late 60s where you saw this big change in America at the time for the civil rights movement of course so um kurt flood was one of the revolutionary guys for his sport we see it with other players in other sports the kareem abdul jabars spencer haywards of the world and kurt flood was one of those revolutionary sports icons that went above sports and what he was able to do in the sport of baseball you know trickled out into actual uh civilization or society i should say not civilization to society so uh, kurt flood was just uh, amazing what he was able to do for the sport and beyond you saw the wave of African-American baseball players come in in the 40s and the 50s. And there became a new, uh, there became a new generation of players who were a little more, for lack of, I don't want to say assertive because Jackie Robinson certainly was a fighter. But you saw, as you mentioned, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jim Brown. You saw uh, you know, the rise of Muhammad Ali. And not, you know, in his fight against Vietnam, you saw Tommy Smith and John Carlos in their protest in the Mexico City Olympics. You saw Kurt Flood standing up for, you know, for workers, his own workers' rights. And people have said sometimes if you bring up anything that is quasi-political, that we should stick to sports. Here's the deal. Sports doesn't exist in a vacuum. 
Sports in our society are always intertwined. And many, many times, progress and understanding can be done through sports, whether it was going back to whether it's going back to Joe Lewis or Jesse Owens or to to Jackie Robinson or through the 60s or through today. So many times, levels of understanding and levels of progress and levels of strife and levels of conflict can be found reaching a common ground on the sports field and understanding and coming to some form of understanding through sports. So if anyone thinks that we should talk about this and we should just stick to sports, let me just tell you, we are, because this is part of what makes sports work. Part of what makes it work is it unifies certain regions and people, but it also can help us find understanding and find common ground and hopefully, you know, advance as a person and as people. And it is an absolute surefire bet. That the entire civil rights movement was kickstarted by the desegregation of baseball. I don't think that's a strong statement to make at all. And if you're going to make any bets, go to Bet Online. Oh boy, it's what a number one source. <laughs> it's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. We got pro football playoffs going on. Will people in Buffalo finally be happy? They've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you ever listen to us, I bet you do. You can find those at BetOnline as well. They're having the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Man, I didn't mean to get on my soapbox there, but you know what are you going to do? Hey, I want to just share something here. It is still Dr. King Day. Uh, a bunch of years ago, I wrote on, on my old Sully Baseball blog. I actually have it up here. You can't see what I'm looking at here. But I did a thing called a dream King, a dream team in honor of Dr. King. Oh, and I and I started thinking of before the seg- you know the desegregation of baseball. You had the Negro Leagues and you had Major League Baseball. And I think it's safe to say, and probably a surefire bet, that some of the players who were not allowed in the game would have been Hall of Fame level players. We Actually, we don't know. We don't know who would have been the star, who would have been the best players, who would have – an obscure player may have become a star. But the level of play – of the pre of you know segregated baseball was obviously lower because you weren't allowing all the best players to play. So mm-hmm. I wrote a list of you know who in terms of historians there's no way we could really you know it's one of the great tragedies of baseball is beyond just the social justice that some of these players could have changed baseball history. Who knows the Philadelphia Phillies may have had a dynasty if they had a, had Buck Leonard and Josh Gibson on their team. Who you know Satchel Paige could have been associated with one team or you know Oscar Charleston who the great Buck O'Neill described as one of the greatest talents he ever saw and this was a guy who discovered Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. What if he was associated with one team instead of just the nomadic life of the Negro Leagues? And so some of these names, Josh Gibson, some some of these names you've heard of if you're a baseball fan, like Josh Gibson, but like 
Buck Leonard, Willie the Devil Wells, Pop Lloyd, Judy Johnston, uh, Turkey Stearns, whose uh, granddaughter, whose granddaughter I've become very good friends with, the great Oscar Charleston, Cool Papa Bell, Bajum Wilson, who got that nickname because that's the sound the balls that made when it hit the ball. Bajum. Uh, (laughs) Bullet Joe Rogan, Leon Day, Willie Foster, Ray Brown, Jose the Black Diamond Mendez, Hilton Smith, David Barnhill, Andy Cooper, Smokey Joe Williams, Cannonball Jackman, uh, Ray Dandridge, who was buried in the Giants minor league system because the Giants had already met their quota of black players. Uh, Martin DeHingo, Mule Stuttles, Cristobal Torriente, Biz Mackey, and Double Duty Radcliffe because he caught and pitched. All these wow. players. Original. Would be, oh, my God. Yeah. And then you had uh, Rube Foster who was the greatest manager of the Negro Leagues and then later became the commissioner of the Negro Leagues. These are all p- people whose names should be associated with, you know, the way that you still will hear Ty Cobb in Detroit or Joe DiMaggio in New York or Hank Greenberg with, with the Detroit or, you know, Babe Ruth with the Yankees, um, not the Red Sox. I mean, these are still names that you see on the walls and celebrated. And, you know, Christy Matthewson with the Giants. These these should all be names that we're familiar with, but they're yeah. not. And that, I, I think, also, is the great tragedy of the segregation. I also think it's kind of funny, like, doing the reverse exercise. Like, how many white American baseball players would we think are not as good if they had to play alongside other black baseball players? How many of those white American baseball players would be like, oh, actually, they're not as good when we actually uh, desegregate the sport and put them next to some black athletes. They're actually not as good at hitting the ball. They're actually not as fast as what we might have once thought when they were just racing against the Babe Ruth of the world. So I think that's also another fun exercise to look at the other side of the coin there. Oh, that's the, it's the thing that it would be – you would see the both white and black players' games would be raised if they were up against the better competition. Yeah. And by the way, notice we're also not bringing up any Dominican players from that time. There's a handful of Cuban players that came. But, like, basically the major leagues was who are the best players who live near a train station and happen to be white? That was Major League Baseball scouting department. If you had the best players playing alongside each other, yeah, the, the the thrill of a competition would be there. I mean, we think about like like some of the great catchers from there would be Bill Dickey or Mickey Cochran, but were any of them th- trying to throw out cool Papa Bell trying to s- steal second base? You know, I mean, were did Joe DiMaggio or Jimmy Fox ever had to face uh, uh, Satchel Paige on the mound? And likewise, did Carl Hubble have to face Josh Gibson or Turkey Stearns, for that matter? I mean, you want to see the best competition. That's the that's the whole idea of it. And one of my favorite quotes from a player, from from a famous white player who understood that this was a travesty, what was happening, was Dizzy Dean, star pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, did some barnstorming thing with Satchel Paige. And they were the two greatest pitchers of the 1930s. And Dizzy Dean said to Satchel Paige, if you and I were teammates, we would win the pennant by July and go fishing until the World Series got started. Because <laughs> he just, we would just, we would dominate, but we never got to see that. 
Yeah, that's really tough to see. And also, I think we just missed out on a whole generation. It sounds like of just dope nicknames. Imagine if Turkey Stearns was a baller in Major League oh. Baseball. Imagine how many turkeys would be walking around today. Dudes oh, named yeah. Turkey and everything like that. Oh, yeah. The, the nicknames are off the charts. They're just they're, they're the absolute best. And you, you just and apparently, I mean, you saw a glimpse of this when Jackie Robinson joined the Dodgers. The major leagues were pretty much station to station. I guess they were playing sabermetrics ball. They weren't stealing a lot of bases. And Jackie and brought in the style of play that they had, which was a lot of hit and run, a lot of going first to third, a lot of st- stolen bases. Uh, probably was a very fast-paced game. And I think you saw when you started to see, you know, not just star black players, but also mid-level black player and reserve black players on major league baseball you saw an increase in stolen bases in a fast game certainly in the 60s and 70s you know peaking in the 80s with just tons of stolen bases and you know a lot of that stemmed from the fact there was a lot of artificial turf and a fast game was was if you had fast players and the ball skipping through the the infield that would help but you saw a level of play that was uh you know very very high at that point That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Come back on Wednesday for part two with Sully Baseball, where we discuss why there is such a lack of representation for black athletes in the sport of baseball. So come back later in the week to hear that. Thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day, the Locked on MLB Prospects podcast. And of course, stay safe, stay healthy, deuces.